and Aaron play the theme to Rocky when I come up here. But I didn't think that would be proper, so I, I figured I better not. Pastor probably never let me preach again. But uh, we're going to talk about fighting tonight. You know, I used to enjoy watching boxing. You know, years ago, boxing was fun to watch. I don't even know who boxes anymore. Now there's ultimate fighting. There's cage matches. Um, I used to work with a guy that (laughs) he thought he was going to be an ultimate fighter. But he was out of shape. And I saw a video of him fighting one time. The guy kicked him in the head like three times, and that was enough for him. But uh, you guys probably met him, if I reminded you who it is. But um, the Bible does say a lot about fighting, but there were some great fighters before. Ray Boom Boom Mancini, I remember watching him fight. And um, uh, Muhammad Ali, everybody knows who that is. Joe Frazier, uh, people like that. We can learn a lot before fighting. George Foreman, George Foreman, before he started selling grills, was a fighter. But I think, I think he got hit in the head too many times because when he named his sons, he named them George One, George Two, George Three, and George Four. That's the truth. I'm not lying. Um, that way, I guess he wouldn't forget who they are, right? And if he needed help, he'd just say, George, come help me. And one of them would show up. Sometimes you can't make this stuff up. But... Uh, But we can learn a lot about life and about the Christian life by fighting, learning about fighters. The characteristics of a good fighter, the first thing is endurance. You have to have endurance to go 15 rounds. And uh, if you still have a clear head by then, after somebody hits you in the head about 10 times, but you have to have endurance. You have to have discipline. Every day, you gotta be out there running. You gotta be out there training. it takes discipline to do that. It takes discipline. They call it. They used to do road work and, and run and build up their endurance. So when the 15th round came, there was still some gas in the tank. You know, they still had a little bit to go. Character. Now, we're not talking about moral character because that would not be a good example for most boxers. But the character of not quitting, not quitting. Good fighters don't know the meaning of the word quit. As a matter of fact, the last boxing match I remember watching was years ago, years ago, between Ray Boom Boom Mancini and Duck Koo Kim. Well, Ray Boom Boom didn't know how to dance like Muhammad Ali. He would just stand there and slug the other guy. And so these guys, for like 10 rounds, all they did was hit each other in the face. I'm serious. They just pounded. Well, at the end of the fight, Duck Goo Kim hit the canvas and he died. Neither one of them gave up. They were, they just kept hitting each other in the face. And I'm thinking, how? Why? But they did not give up. Another thing is tunnel vision and focus, passion, heart, all those things, all those things. And we're going to talk about Five things that we should fight for. But first of all, you know, there's some things worth fighting for. When uh, my boys were growing up, I told them, listen, you won't get in trouble if you get in a fight if you're defending your sisters or your mother. You'll never get in trouble. 
And I don't know if David remembers this, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but back, we had a, a period where we didn't have a pastor. And uh, I was, you know, running the service and that kind of thing. At the end of the service, somebody said, your son's out in the parking lot, and he's in a fight. Well, apparently, this kid, and he was a visitor, <laughs> this kid used a rather bad swear word and referring to somebody's mother, and I'll leave it at that. Well, he's out there beating the snot out of this kid. So I go out, I'm going to break it up. Two women of the church stopped me and said, leave him alone, he's doing a good job. <laughs> and, so, and so I turned around and I came back in because they heard what the guy said. So they, never, I never, they were never in trouble when they did that. Um, one thing I always think about, you know, Jesus, you know, when he went in the temple and overturned the tables, that was something worth fighting for because they're making his father's house a house of merchandise. But you ever think about this? Jesus was all God, but he was all man. But he was all God. Can you imagine? He probably had to stop himself or he would have thrown those tables into the next country, you know? Or can you imagine the Pharisees used to make fun of him and say, we be not born of fornication. And in his humanity, he probably wanted to hit this guy and knock him into the next solar system. But it wasn't time for that then. But there's things worth fighting for. Things worth fighting for. And uh, I always used to tell my boys, don't ever take the first swing. But if you have to fight, win. And uh, I mean, you know, if somebody forces you into a fight, you know, don't, take, don't start the fight, but end the fight. And I, you know, sorry if I'm messing up some of you parents here. I want you, if you have, if, uh, if your boys, cherries, if your boys go home and start fighting, it's not my fault, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's just, I'm not trying to put ideas in kids' heads. Now, there has to be a reason. There has to be a reason, Timothy. There has to be a reason. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't do it. The first thing we need to remember for is the first verse we read. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Know what you believe and fight for it. You know why? Because we have so many ideas going through our head. We have so many things we see. And a lot of people don't believe what the Bible says anymore. And if we're not careful, that can be us. And you say to yourself, oh... I would never do that. Oh, really? I know some people that are totally away from what they were believed. People that said they were saved, and now they don't believe anything. Now they don't believe anything. Um, there was a guy that wrote a book about dating years ago, and he didn't even believe the Bible anymore. He, was, he said he was a Christian. I, I kissed dating goodbye was the name of it. And now he says, now he's an atheist, he says. He doesn't believe anything. Fight the good fight of faith. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You've heard this a thousand times. But if we don't stay in our Bible, we could start to doubt. We could start to doubt a little bit. Believe what God says. You know, you're not the exception. You're not the exception. But sometimes we think we're the exception because, well, I know the Bible says this, but I could probably get away with it. No, you can't. No, you can't. Um, but sometimes we think that. You know, the gospel is, should be our priority. Faith 
uh, cometh by hearing. And you know what? Salvation is still by grace. God is still holy. God is still holy. You know, I know it's 2023, but you know what? Abortion's still murder. Marriage is still between a man and a woman. There's only two sexes, male and female. I mean, Because that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. No matter what the U.S. Congress says, or Albany says, or anybody else. You know, I got so, I got so mad this week, and you shouldn't get, yeah, you should get mad. Do you realize the U.S. Congress defeated a bill that if a baby lives through an abortion, you can still kill it? The, the Republicans in Congress wanted to pass it, that if a baby lives through an abortion, the doctor has to do everything he can to save it because it's a living human being. And all these pro-choice people said, oh, that's taken away a woman's life to, right to choose. Baloney! That's taken away a woman's life to murder. That's what it's doing. Boy, that makes, upsets me. You know, it's just craziness. But you know what? Fight for those things. Don't, don't, let, this, don't let these people change what the Bible says. Because popular opinion goes against it. And you know, the sad thing is, our country is so far away from God now. And uh, we're going to get to it in the, rest, in the end of the message. But, you know, I, I firmly believe that judgment's coming. And I pray for my kids and grandkids, and I'm going to talk about this toward the end of the message. And all you kids, because you know what? With a $30 trillion national debt... <laughs> They're going to be selling apples on the street to survive when they're my age, if the Lord doesn't come back. Uh, it's just nuts, but no common sense. But believe. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight it. The next thing is to fight your flesh. Fight your flesh. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And verse 24, well, let's start with verse 22. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be particular of with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I myself should be a castaway. You know, the Apostle Paul, it says he kept his body under. He fought, not as one that beateth the air. You know what I take from the context? He would beat himself so he wouldn't sin, so his flesh wouldn't get the victory. You know, there's times when I just want to slap myself upside the head. Where did that thought come from? Why are you thinking about that? What in, the, what in the world is wrong with you? And I want to put on the boxing glove and punch myself in the head a few times. You know, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. 
In other words, don't spar. Let it connect with something. Don't shadow box. Let it connect. And we need to, we need to fight our flesh. We need to fight our flesh. Because you know what? We're no better than anybody else. And you know what you struggle with. You know what you struggle with. You know, there's so much out there. The flesh wants us to do wrong. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, pastor quotes this verse all the time. The just man falls seven times and rises up again. You know what? I always appreciated a fighter. He got knocked down. He, and some of them should have stayed down. But uh, they, they get knocked down. They get back up. And they go wading back in there again. And um, you know, one of my guys used to like to watch the fight was Joe Frazier. You know, Muhammad Ali would dance around. Joe Frazier would just wade in there, and he'd hit him in the head and hit him in the head, and he'd wade in there and get his punches in. But he'd keep giving up. He'd keep giving up. Fight that impulse that wants you to see things you shouldn't see. Fight it. Fight it. You know, 2 Peter 1, it says, add to your faith Virtue, in other words, build up that stamina. Build up that stamina. Uh, and don't let yourself look at stuff, like I said, that you shouldn't see. Read stuff you shouldn't read. Get stuff in your head that goes against God. Because you know what? We're all susceptible. We're capable of all that stuff. It disgusts me sometimes. It's 69 years old. What are the thoughts that come into this head. You know, when I was in my 20s, I used to think, ah, oh, you know what, people in their 60s, they don't have a problem with lust. They don't have a problem with any of that stuff. Well, let me tell you something, young kids, keep fighting your whole life because it's never going to go away. While you have this sin nature, it's still there. It's still there. And so fight the good fight of faith. One of, my, one of the verses in the Bible that helped me get through my teenage years was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That you may be able to bear it. You know, there's something else about boxers. Sometimes they knew when to run. Muhammad Ali made a strategy about dancing, and he would, and I'm not, you know, believe me, I'm not as coordinated as him, and I can't, you know, do all that. But, well, I'm, I'll tell you something, I'm more coordinated than him now, because <laughs> he's six feet under. But, uh, but he used to have a strategy where he would dance around the ring, and he would keep away, and then he would just come in and hit somebody, and then he'd keep running away. And he'd wear his opponent out because... You know, like Joe Frazier didn't have a dancing bone in his body. And so he would just keep wading in, and Muhammad Ali would just dance around, that kind of thing, and then poke him once in a while. Well, what's it say in Timothy? It says, flee youthful lust. Sometimes we just need to run away from those things. Run away from those things. I'll never forget one time I was up in Syracuse, and... Uh, Years ago, I was trying to make a little extra money for my family, and I went to this job interview, and it was one of those bogus. Well, actually, you know what it was? It's 40 years ago, and it was selling solar panels. <laughs> and you might, back then, you weren't going to make a dime selling solar panels. But now, hey, you know, now you, you probably would. But So I go to this interview. I'm there for five minutes, and I said, 
Why did I waste my time? And so I'm leaving. It's 9 o'clock at night. I'm walking. I was up on South Salina Street. That's another story. And so I'm walking back to my car. And country boy goes to the big city. These two girls walk up to me and say, are you with the convention? No. Do you want to have a good time? And then the light went on. Holy smokes. And I literally ran to my car. I was scared to death. They started laughing. Well, I didn't care. They scared me to death. And I sprinted to my car. And the thing was, they were ugly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things, if you were going to be tempted, these two weren't the ones, believe me. Uh, but, uh, I mean, bad. But it did. It literally frightened me. Well, sin should frighten us. Sin should frighten us. We should run away from that. Where I used to work, we used to have a, we used to have this girl, she's still there. We used to have this woman that thought she was something. And so she would walk up to guys and hug them. Well, she would bring paperwork up to my plant. If I saw her truck coming, I'd go hide. I would literally go hide. And uh, she would drop it off and go back down and I'd never see her because I was scared to death of her. Um, you know, you, you ain't hugging me. But, um, and just like, by the way, I don't know if you guys are like me. You ever been in a restaurant when they say, okay, honey? One of these days I'm going to say, listen, I ain't your honey. See this woman sitting next to me? She's my honey. You're not my honey, okay? Let's just get this straight right now. Uh, but anyway, that's got nothing to do with the message. But, but uh, anyway, but flee youthful lust. The next thing we should fight after fighting our flesh is fighting your mind. Fighting the stuff that you put in your mind. Ephesians 6.12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Colossians 2.8 says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. 1 Peter 1.13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. We need to protect our minds. How do you protect your mind? By watching, and you guys know this, watching what goes in there, Watching what you read, watching what you see, watching what you listen to. The philosophy of this world is all wrong. The philosophy of this world wants to tear you down. The philosophy of the world wants to tear me down and uh, take us down. Things that are away from God, that are away from our families, away from what's right. And we need to guard our minds, guard our minds. Um, don't let your mind wander. Don't let your mind wander. Be careful of fantasy. Be careful of... <laughs> uh, you ever watch a Hallmark movie? Uh, <laughs> a Hallmark movie, you got this real handsome-looking guy, and you got this beautiful woman, 
And they, this new guy moves into town. The girl falls for him. Then they have a crisis. There's always a crisis in a Hallmark movie. Then they have a crisis. The crisis gets resolved. And she goes, oh. And he goes, oh. And then it's all over. You know, they get married. And it's all over. But you know what? You know what we need to be careful of? Women, don't ever look at that and say, man, I wish my husband was like that. Guys, don't you ever say, man, she's getting a little rough around the edges. I wish my wife looked like that. I'm dead serious. Don't go there. Your marriage is too important to be going there. I made up my mind a long time ago that that woman right there is the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. And if you don't feel that way about your wife, get down on your knees and ask God to make you feel that way. I'm dead serious. There's too much to lose, too much. I've seen too many friends. God, that was at my wedding. He's been divorced three times. He used to really be something. But he's divorced three times. Why? That kind of thing. That kind of thing. God told you when I, you know, when I, this is why, you know, if you want to do this, help yourself. But that's why I don't believe in renewing your vows. Because when I said, I do, I meant it. And nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. If you want to renew your vows, I'm not going to, I'll come, okay? And I'm not going to say, see, no, no, I'm not going to. Help yourself, enjoy yourself. Some people like that kind of thing. But, you know, that's something the world wants to teach you, that marriage isn't forever. Marriage is forever. And uh, um, those kind of things, but if we let our minds wander, we can believe the world's lie. Believe the world's lie. And, oh, you know what? Man, if I was married to that guy... Yeah, if you were married to that guy, you'd be miserable. You know that? You would be. And um, so don't believe those lies. Don't believe those lies. Um, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Clean your mind up with the Bible. You know, what's it say in John? Now you're clean through the word which is spoken unto you. Now you're clean. Clean it up. Clean it up. And you know what? There's been times when I have sat there and said, God, I'm going to keep reading until you improve my attitude. (laughs) And we might get a long ways. But stay in there until you clean it up. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Fight the good fight of faith. And you know what? The older I get, the more I realize I need this more. Not less. I need this more. Um, You know, my goal this year is to read five chapters in the Old Testament, five chapters in the New Testament. I'll have read the New Testament nine times this year. And the Old Testament twice, because there's a bunch of chapters in the Old Testament. <laughs> but why am I doing that? And that's why I could tell you, see, I'm spiritual. No, that's not it at all. 
It's because I need it even more as I get older. And sometimes when my faith fades, I need to keep reading it. I need to keep reading it until I get an answer. So remember that. And you know, there's another part about guiding your mind. Sometimes we get fear and doubt. And sometimes we get in despair. We get in despair. We say things like, nobody cares about me. You ever thought that? Nobody cares. You know, people at church, they don't care about me. Nobody talks to me. You know, they, I got this problem and nobody notices. Nobody cares about me. Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord hath appealed of, appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God, we need to go. That's why you need to, we need to cling to the promises of God. When you get down, when nobody cares, when you don't think anybody cares, run to the Bible. Run to the Bible. Uh, Pastor quoted it this morning, casting all your care on him, for he careth for you. He careth for you. Uh, go to Ephesians. If you look in my Bible, Ephesians is just about worn out. The rest of the Bible is okay, but Ephesians, I've just about destroyed it. Why? Because I love Ephesians. First three chapters of Ephesians. If you're down and nobody loves you or anything else, you read the first three chapters of Ephesians. And if you're not in a good mood when you get done, then you need to read it again. You need to read it again. Chapter 1, chapter 1 and verse 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that, that, by the way, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. You go to chapter 2 and verse 4, and it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love when he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you saved through faith. Jesus Christ cares for you. He cares for me. He's going to be kind to us throughout eternity. He's going to show us kindness. We don't deserve to be shown kindness to us throughout eternity. But he has. Go to chapter 3. And this is the verse but chapter 3 and verse 14, chapter 3 and verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit and the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints... What is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. 
Cling to the Bible. How about this? You might say, the situation I'm in is impossible. This is an impossible situation. Nobody can solve this. In Genesis, when, when uh, Sarah thought she couldn't have a child when she was 90 years old, God said, is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? And that's one of those questions that already answers itself. Of course not. Of course not. In Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, um, go to Jeremiah 32. But we need to fight those things that come into our hearts with the Bible and fight it and determine that you're not going to let the devil, you're not going to let your flesh, you're not going to let your mind defeat you. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, thou behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Uh, verse, thir- verse 27. Verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? How about this? I feel alone. You ever felt alone? You could be alone in a crowd of people. You really can. You could be all alone. And you could feel, you know, uh, and be lonely. Hebrews 13.5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be, with con- be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God says we need to cling to the promises of God and fight against this flesh that wants to doubt them, that wants to doubt them. Psalm 30, verse 5. How about this? I'm never going to be happy again. Have you ever said that? I have. I have. I'm never going to be happy again. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, For his anger endureth for a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You know what? Joy Always, I don't mean tomorrow morning, but joy always comes after a crisis, after something when you feel down. Joy always comes when you cling to the promises of God and you realize he is going to give us, he's the source of all our joy. And you know what we need to do sometimes? We need to choose joy. We need to choose joy and um, fight for it. And realize, go back to those promises and go for it. And realize that God loves you. God loves you. The next thing we need to fight for is prayer. You know, there's fighting in the Bible and there's wrestling in the Bible. And this is a familiar passage, but go to Genesis 32. Go to Genesis 32, the story of Jacob. Genesis 32 and verse 24. Genesis 32 and verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, 
for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. You know what? Stay with God. Pray until you have peace. Or pray until you accept what God wants to do in this situation. Sometimes we just need to pray, God, help me to... This is the pits, but help me to accept the pits. You know, seriously. Uh, sometimes we just need to pray, but pray. You know, they used to say years ago, the old-time preachers used to say, pray through it. And you know what? Sometimes we need to pray through it. You know, it says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. And um, don't quit praying. Pray through it. You know, every day, every day, since I retired... My wife and I read the Bible together and we pray. There's some days when she might be there, but I'm not there, if you know what I'm saying. I don't feel like I got anywhere. But then there's days when, wow, I feel like I'm, I can float. I feel like I'm right before the throne and I want to run around, okay? Well, keep praying on those days. When you're down here, keep praying. Don't quit. Fight. Fight for it. Fight for it. Because there's days when you just feel like puke, okay, to be honest. There's days when you got the spirituality of a mouse. Well, fight. Fight for it. Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go. And I can remember times in my life where I said, God, listen. If you don't help me here, then it's, it's not good. So you need to help me. You need to help me. You need to help my mind. You need to help my attitude. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. You know, we need to go to God and believe that he is. Something that bugs me about myself sometimes is my unbelief. And when we pray, we're praying to the God of the universe. But sometimes we, we just don't believe that. But this, this is one of the great verses in the Bible. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Fight for it. Fight for it. There's one other thing we need. There's one other thing, one other person, people we should pray for, we should fight for. And that's our children. Go to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. We're familiar with the story of Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God. 
and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-ashes, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. How would you like to feed all them, really? And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their sisters, three sisters, to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them, a number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I want to encourage you today to fight for your children. And I mean fight for your children on your knees. Fight for all these kids in this church on your knees. Fight for them. You know what kind of a world they're growing up in. And, you know, the, one of the, the blessings of my life, I can remember my... A 90-year-old mother-in-law get up early in the morning, sit at her table, praying for all her grandkids. Now, my wife and I sit at that same table and pray for our grandkids. We pray for your kids. It may be that they've cursed God in their hearts. I pray every day for my kids, my grandkids, for you people. God, don't let these young men in their teenage years follow after strange women. God, keep their hearts pure. God, don't let these girls listen to the lie of the world. God, help them to love you. Help them to fall in love with that book. Don't make it, don't make it passe. Don't make it being used to it. All my grandkids are in church today. All my grandkids have been raised in church. I've seen too many Christian kids that grow up and just wander away. I come from a family. My wife comes from a family where we were all raised in church. You could count on one hand the number of us that are in church today. That's why we need to fight for our kids on our knees. Say, God, they could be away from you. Get them back. Please, God. I said, this Job did continually. That means he didn't quit. He didn't quit. He kept praying. He kept praying. And he kept praying. And I'm sure, even when he didn't want to, he kept praying. Because, oh, man, I hate the world that these kids are growing up in. But you know what? The same devil that was here 2,000 years ago, the same temptations, all those things. And we need to pray and beg God and do what we can to encourage and, uh, and, you know, I pray for you mothers, too. 
I really do. You know where I failed that I'm going to pick on the men right now, but that's okay. When I was working 60 hours a week, we had four kids by the time my wife was 30. That's a lot of work. And I would come home from work expecting to kick back. I've been working hard all day. Well, what do you think she's been doing? Amen, women. What do you think she's been doing? A lot of you homeschool your children. Plus, that big brute you're married to wants supper when he gets home. And all those things. And that's one of the regrets of my life. But when that was going on, I didn't realize, you know, duh. You know, men are stupid, women, just so you know this. We're a little bit slow, and that's me. We're a little bit, well, you know, and the thought never occurred to me. She's been up since I've been up. She's had four little kids running around. She's been doing all these things. And I come home, and, hey, daddy's home. And you want a hero's welcome, and you wonder why she walks to the door and I want my wife to meet, greet me like, hey! Well, you know what? She might not have the energy to put one foot against another, let alone jump up and do backflips because you walked in the door. Okay? So, so but while we pray, that's why we should lift up each other in prayer and be an encouragement to each other and fight, fight, fight. Fight for your children because they might, be straying. Fight for your families. Pray that God makes everything real to them. Go to Ephesians chapter 6 and we'll be done. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, whereby you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, the rest of the verse says, Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Do you realize, you know what, 100 years from now, if you're saved, you're all going to be in heaven with us. You are. You know, 100 years. 20 years. You know, I just turned 69 last week, so I, I don't think I'm going to live to be 89. So 20 years, I'll probably be in heaven, okay? If I live to be 90, I'll be in the bonus round, okay? But I don't think that's happening. But, uh, uh, but just think about that. Life is short. Life is short. I mean, for Pete's sake, Lydia's getting married. Her father was just born last week. 
That's, that's how fast time goes. So fight the good fight of faith, but lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. The goal is right there. You know what? I've said this a hundred times. I don't want to fall on my face this close to the goal. I want to finish strong and have, and in the 15th round, still be able to throw a few punches and uh, be in that kind of shape. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight your flesh. Fight for your mind. Wrestle in prayer. Fight the prayer, fight the battle for your children, your grandchildren, your church families. Fight the battle for your marriage. Make your decision that you're going to keep on fighting. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the encouragement that you give us. God, you saved us, but you gave us, you gave us an instruction book. You gave us a book full of comfort. You gave us a book full of encouragement. God, help us to lift each other up in prayer. God, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to die in our place. Be with us, God, in this invitation. God, help us, God, to make a decision, God, to live for you and to not give up, but to keep on fighting. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.